0: You're listening to Comedy Central.
1: April 25th, 2019. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, ears edition.
2: Let's do it. Our guest tonight is the creator and star of the new Netflix sitcom special about his life as a gay disabled man. Ryan O'Connell is joining us, everybody. <laughs> ready, funny show, ready, funny guy. You wanna stay tuned for that. Also on the show, Joe Biden grabs hold of the presidential race. Roy Wood Jr. takes his horse to the Old Town Road. And everyone knows your Instagram is fake. But first, let's catch up on today's headlines. The American economy is booming. In fact, unemployment is so low that companies are having trouble finding employees, which is why McDonald's is looking anywhere it can.
3: McDonald's wants workers to spend some of their golden years at the Golden Arches, the fast food giant partnering with AARP in an effort to hire older employees for everything from morning shifts to management roles.
0: McDonald's hopes to fill 250,000 jobs nationwide by this summer.
2: Oh, man, this is cool. Yeah, partnering up with the ARP to find jobs for senior citizens, especially because for so many people, McDonald's was their first job when they were teenagers. Yeah, now it will be their last job too. It's nice, the circle of life, Hakuna Matata. <laughs> Although, wouldn't it be funny if you go back to the McDonald's you first started working at and your old manager's there like, wow, wow, wow. Look who's back. Where have you been the last 50 years? Actually, I was a doctor. Well, now you're back on the fryer. (laughs) Also, also, I think this idea is gonna be bad for our health because old people love feeding you. Yeah, you're gonna try and order a number seven and grandma at the register will be like, that's all, no, no, have a McFlurry. You also need extra fries. You're a growing boy. I put some apple pies in a Tupperware for you. Take them, <laughs> take them. And uh, you know the biggest thing is that I worry about? Is that McDonald's says it's reaching out to the AARP because they need workers, but how do we know? Yeah, what if one day there's a news report like, old people are disappearing, but the MacRib is back. <laughs> All right, let's move on to some technology news. These days, it seems like every tech story is bad. Facebook is giving out our secrets. Screen time is hurting our kids. Our Roombas are seducing our cats. But at least, (laughs) at least there's one dating app that's trying to do something good.
1: The dating app Bumble is launching a private detector feature that can automatically detect crude images and warn you. The feature is part of a safety initiative expected to launch in June. Bumble already has measures in place to protect users by blurring all images by default but recipients have to hold down the photo to view it.
2: Yeah, let that sink in, people. Bumble has had to write a program to censor dick pics, (laughs) because men will not stop sending them. I honestly feel bad for women, I really do. No, because especially, because like Bumble was supposed to be the safe dating app, right, because on Tinder, you get a match and then guys will be like, dick pic. Right? But then on Bumble, women make the first move. So it's like, match? And it's like, hello, John, nice to meet you. And John's like, dick pic! <laughs> like, just wait, just wait. Let them ask for the dick. And as offensive as sending a dick pic is, I feel really bad for the guys whose dick pics make it through the filter. <laughs> yeah, that's a really bad way to find out you've got a weird dick. <laughs> when the filter's like, oh, oh, damn, I- oh, I thought there was a the thumb. oh my." Yo, that, yo, you need to get that checked out, man. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) And finally, in the world of Instagram, chimpanzees. They're one of the humans' closest relatives, all right? And today we found out that they're even closer to the humans than we thought.
3: People are going bananas over
2: this incredible video of a chimpanzee who's managed to work out how to use An iPhone. The academic ape is seen scrolling through videos and photos on the smartphone after mastering the ability to swipe through different images. Are you shitting me? (laughs) There's a chimpanzee who knows how to use Instagram? And people are saying that this video shows how smart chimps are. I actually think it's the opposite. It proves that Instagram Appeals to the chimp part inside human brains. Yeah, because I don't know about you, but Instagram makes me real dumb. I'm having complicated discussions during the day, just like yeah, you know, you look at the economy and you look at what's happening in Congress, and then you get on Instagram and you're like,
0: also, also,
2: wouldn't it? <laughs> Wouldn't it be cool to get followed by a chimp on Instagram? (laughs) That would be so cool if that happened. If you got a, like, you just saw that you're being followed by a chimp and you send a message like, oh, wow, Coco, thanks for following me. (laughs) And Coco would reply, dick pic! (laughs) All right, let's move on to today's top story. (laughs) If you're a Democratic voter, then the 2020 race is giving you more choice than an all-you-can-eat buffet. But... If you're one of those people who's always at the buffet, like, uh, do you guys have anything else? Well, the answer is yes.
0: Breaking news, former Vice President Joe Biden is back officially in the 2020 race now. Joe Biden jumping into the 2020 race for president with a stark and stunning video announcement. Images of white supremacists marching in Charlottesville, framing his vision of what's at stake in this election. We're in the battle for the soul of this nation. The core values of this nation our standing in the world, our very democracy. Everything that has made America, America is at stake. We can't forget what happened in Charlottesville. Even more important, we have to remember who we are. This is America. This is America. Whoa, give it
2: up for elderly Gambino, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) that's right, Joe Biden, has officially entered the Democratic race, which brings the total number of Democrats running in this primary to 20 people, which is insane. Look at all those faces. (laughs) Look at all of those faces. (laughs) Half of those people shouldn't be here. (laughs) Now, look, we all know Joe Biden, right? He spent eight years as America's vice president and surprise masseuse, but before that, He had a whole career that you might not know about. You know, Kind of like how some people only know Billy Ray Cyrus from Lil Nas's uh, Old Town Road remix. And like Billy Ray, Biden was doing his own thing for decades before he was made cool by a young black man. So, <laughs> let's learn a little bit more about the Democratic race's newest front runner in another installment of Getting to Know Them. Joe Biden. The man may be new to the race, but he definitely isn't new to life. In fact, at 76, he's older than two Buttigiegs. Yes. (laughs) Or is it (laughs) Buttigie? Buttigies? Hmm, never thought of it. Point is, that makes Biden one of the oldest contenders in the 2020 race, along with President Trump, who is 72, and Bernie Sanders, who's 278. Yes. (laughs) You gotta admit, looks good for his age, though, huh? He looks good. Guy doesn't look a day over 240. But Joe Biden, like most old people, wasn't always old. In fact, when he started his political career, he was the fresh face.
1: Biden's Senate career began with him as the
0: fifth youngest senator ever elected at 29 in 1972. He served in the Senate for three decades. Biden's early years in the Senate saw seismic political change, the end of the Vietnam War, the impeachment of Richard Nixon. Biden never moved to Washington choosing instead to commute home by train each night. He has a nickname of Amtrak Joe. I take this train, literally, I've taken it over 7,400 times since I've gotten the Senate.
2: It is nice to see a politician riding public transportation, though, I will say that. Although it is a weird thing to think about, right? Because on an Amtrak, it makes sense, but imagine bumping into Trump in your Uber pool, <laughs> yeah? It's like him sitting like, do you have an iPhone charger? If I don't wait for 15 minutes, I die. <laughs> Check out my Uber rating, 2.1 stars, the highest of any passenger <laughs> in history. Some say it only goes to two stars, but I got .1 extra. <laughs> and Joe Biden, he doesn't just have lots of experience in the Senate. He also has a lot of experience running
0: for presidents. Joe Biden hoping the third time is the charm after failing to
1: win the Democratic nomination in 1988 and 2008. Biden's past two bids for the presidency were rocky ones. In 2008, he got just 1% of the vote in Iowa. The first time in 1988, he dropped out after news reports revealed he plagiarized part of a speech.
2: Oh, Plagiarism used to be a campaign-ruining scandal? <laughs> Oh, America, you were so cute when you were little. (laughs) You were so cute. Oh. That was a scandal. Nowadays, you can say you love grabbing pussies on a bus full of your unreleased tax returns while doing a drive-by down Fifth Avenue, and the worst thing that happens is Mitt Romney will furrow his brow in dismay. Mm. (laughs) But people don't just love Joe Biden because he's a down-to-earth, everyday man. No, people love him because he's an adorable goofball. In fact, the only thing that spends more time in Biden's mouth than those perfect teeth is his own foot.
0: His biggest possible weakness, his reputation for verbal gaffes. As Barack says, a three-letter word, jobs. J-O-B-S, jobs. You cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. to fully, I'm not joking. His mom uh, lived in, uh, in Long Island for 10 years or so, uh, God rest her soul, and uh, um, although she's, wait, your mom's still, your mom's still alive, with your dad's. God bless her soul. He said this to a politician in a wheelchair. Stand up, Chuck, let him see you. Oh, God love you, what am I talking about? I tell you what, you're making everybody else stand up, though, pal. Thank you very, very much. I tell you what, stand up for Chuck. That's right, let's show, let's show Chuck what he's missing. Everyone
2: else stand up. Let's Let's rub it in. This guy's got no hands. How about a round of applause? Come on. Come on. You know, you know what? In a weird way, I feel like these gaffes are what made Biden the perfect balance to President Obama, you know, because uh, Obama uh, measured uh, every word. Like, uh, you-, you could feel uh, him thinking uh, as he was uh, talking. But when Biden talks, his brain just clicks, I'm feeling lucky, and the first result comes out of his mouth. That's it. Now, Biden didn't just spend 50 years in Washington going viral. The man has also had some major accomplishments.
1: Biden would enter the race as a foreign
0: policy heavyweight. In the Senate, he chaired the Foreign Relations Committee.
1: 26 years ago, a uh, then-Senator Biden, wrote the Violence Against Women Act. He was a key
0: player on guns in the, in the 90s with the Brady Bill and the Assault Weapons Bear. Biden forced the president's hand on the gay marriage issue, endorsing same-sex unions before the president's planned announcement. Vice President Joe Biden, commonly known as the dealmaker-in-chief for his pacts with Mitch McConnell.
2: That's right. Joe Biden was so good at getting stuff done, he even found a way to work with Mitch McConnell. Yeah. And they probably got along because Mitch was the only person Biden wouldn't give a massage to. Yeah. No, because that neck is like quicksand. By the time you realize you're in it, it's too late. It's too late. You're just like deep inside that thing before you even know it. It's just like, ah! So for decades, Biden's been involved in issues that matter to Democrats. Gun control, women's rights, gay marriage. He was even one of the first to support trans rights. Although he probably thought he was supporting trains, but that's still very (laughs) impressive. But anyone who's been around that long is also gonna have some baggage. And Biden, oh man, he's got enough baggage to fill a whole Amtrak car.
1: Biden is already explaining a decades long record, including his role in passing the now controversial 1994 crime bill, his vote for the Iraq war, skepticism of Anita Hill, and past comments on busing to desegregate
2: schools. Ooh, okay. So on the downside, Joe Biden got a lot of things wrong back in the day. But on the upside, he managed to grow his hair back. (laughs) Look at that, huh? This guy has the Benjamin Button of scalps. (laughs) Now, despite some problematic positions in his past, many are saying that Democrats are still likely to vote for Joe Biden, partly because of how progressive he's become and partly because of how good he is at getting under Trump's skin.
0: The press always asks me, don't I wish I were debating him? No, I wish we were in high school. I could take him behind the gym. That's what I wish. Did you see where Biden wants to take me to the back of the barn? Me. He wants it. I'd love that. I'd love that. Mr. Tough Guy. If we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. That would not last long. Go like this. He's down and he'll never get up, he'll never get up. Old man, fight! Old man, fight! Old man, fight!
2: This would be hilarious. These two dudes fighting, is like, Red, let's get ready to stumble! It would be the most entertaining fight. They're gonna knock each other's teeth out then pick them back up and put them back in. Honestly, I think they should make this fight happen just to raise money for charity. I think it's a win-win for everyone, right? Biden gets to stand up to Trump and Trump gets to secretly keep the money meant for charity. Everyone wins. (laughs) So, will Joe Biden be the Democrat who gets to take on Trump? Well, we'll have to wait and see. But I'll be honest, part of me hopes that it does happen just so that we get to watch the most entertaining debates of all time. Sleepy
0: Joe Biden. (laughs) Mr. President. Speak softly and carry a big stick. Go like this, (laughs) he's down, and he'll never get up. We'll be right back.
2: Welcome back to The Daily Show. Black people and hip hop. Black people and R&B. Black people and funk. Those all make sense. But what about black people and country? Roy Wood Jr. has the answer in another installment of CP Time.
3: Ah, welcome to CP Time, the only show that's for the culture. Today, we will be discussing country music and black folks which to a lot of people sounds like cheddar cheese on top of sesame chicken. They don't go together well. And if you demand it at a Panda Express, you will be banned for life. Anyway, recently, a lot of people have been mesmerized by Lil Nas X. He hit the top of the charts with his country song, Old Town Road. There's been a big debate on whether or not this song was rap or country. But if you ask me, it's country. The song mentions a tractor, and tractors are only in the country. In fact, the only time a rapper talks about John Deere is if he shot somebody named John Deere. And even in that instance, you would call him Jay Deasy. I believe the reason that many people are adverse to calling this song country is because they don't think black people can make that type of music. But if you look at the history books, there's been a long history of blacks in the genre. From the very beginning. When Leslie Riddle was discovered in Tennessee in the 1920s to DeFord Bailey, the first country musician, black or white, to play the Grand Ole Opry. And of course, there's my great aunt, Roya Wood Jr., who made the smash hit Don't Mind the Mustache, featuring Jimmy Lightfoot. But nobody did country music bigger than the legendary Charlie Pride. Charlie Pride put up 29 number one singles on the country music charts between 1966 and 1989. And if you're wondering how a black man could be a country music star in the 1960s, it's because talent overcomes racism. And also because most radio listeners didn't realize he was a black man. Charlie Pride must have been putting on that white voice. Black people keep that voice in their back pocket. I use my white voice when debt collectors call me on the telephone, because they give white people extra time. Oh, I'm I'm so sorry. I I, I didn't know my bill was due. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And it's not just black men. The Pointer Sisters broke through in country music long before anyone knew them for their R&B hits. Their most memorable of achievements was at the 1975 Grammys, where they won Best Country and Western Vocal Performance. Still to this day, the only country Grammy won by black women. Now, some say Beyonce should have won that award for that song, Daddy's Lessons. But let's be honest. It seems that the country academy was not ready for that jelly. (laughs) So thank you, Little Nas X. You are a reminder that black people are not limited by how they are perceived. And in fact, you've inspired me to enter the world of country music as well blue Blowfish can't be the only person out here. Darius Rucker in it. Cowboy Troy. I got a little something that I'd like to play for you all and strum a little note here. Well, the... <laughs> Guitars are racist. But that's all the time we have for today. I'm Roy Wood Jr. This has been CP Time. Remember, we're for the culture. Anybody know how to fix this damn thing? I gotta get up to saxophone.
2: Roy with Jr., everybody. We'll be right back.
3: Welcome back to The Daily Show.
2: My guest tonight is the creator, writer, and star of the new Netflix series special Please welcome Ryan O'Connell. <laughs> welcome.
1: Hi. How you doing, Ryan? I'm
2: good, thank you for having me. Welcome to the show and uh, congratulations on your show, first and foremost. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a journey that you have been on that I don't think anyone would have predicted, including yourself, because you first wrote about your life um, and it was meant to just be, you know, a paperback and you were gonna get the story out there and all of a sudden it blows up and Jim Parsons sees the story and he goes, I love this, we should make it into a TV show. And that's what you've done. You've written a story about your life and you've based it on a true story. Your life as a disabled person who is also gay, and it's one of the funniest premises ever because you come out as gay, but then you're afraid to come out to your
1: friends as disabled. That's right. That's pretty wild. I know, usually it's flipped the other way, right? <laughs> yeah. But I come from a very gay family, so being gay was like NBD for me. Like, I just... Also, like, what closet is this bitch gonna hide in? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, to me, I grew up with a mild case of cerebral palsy and, like, no one understood what cerebral palsy was. Like, Because, you know, it looks different to everybody. You can dress it up, you can dress it down. So I never really (laughs) related to it. And so when I got hit by a car when I was 20 years old, I moved to New York to go to school, and everyone assumed my limp was from my car accident. And I thought, like, oh, genius, like, life hack, I can just be an accident victim now. Because anyone can get hit by a car. <laughs> I mean, I hope, I hope we don't get hit by a car, but, like, anyone could. Right. So everyone's like, oh, my God, it's so sad. And then with CP, they're just, like, confusing. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I thought I did a life hack, but it actually kind of ended up, like, hacking my life. Do you know what I mean? Right, but you, you know what I, what I
2: really loved about the story? And it is a true story, but what I, what I really like is that it's like you hack into... The human condition. We we are more like we're more apt to, and we're more uh, apt at dealing with things that we understand. So you go, you go, oh you got hit by a car, that's why you have a limb. Everyone's like, we'll treat you normal, Ryan. And then if you go like, oh no, I have cerebral palsy. and people are like, oh shame, oh we can't treat you normally. But but in the story, you show how you live in this world where the truth comes out and then you really start being yourself.
1: Yeah, I was at the point in the bubble and then the bubble pops. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's it's a journey though. I mean, this character struggles with, you know, internalized ableism, and, you know, when you're growing up in an ableist society, like, you're basically taught to hate who you are if you're disabled, and, you know, the the journey to self-love is really long. Like, maybe four seasons. I don't know, there's just so much growing to do. So much growing. So much growing. So much growing. So much limping, you know? So
2: much growing too. Yeah. You know what I love about you is uh, I I remember watching the show, and I was like, you have such a sneaky way about you because you're so self-aware, and you're also aware of the world and how we perceive you as a person. You're almost like an emotional Kaiser Soze. That's what you are. Genuinely, because you use it against people, and you do that in the show as well. Was that difficult, making jokes where people start out being uncomfortable and then realizing that, no, these jokes aren't about you or the disability, but rather about how the world struggles to figure it out with the disability.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think when you make jokes, it should never be on the powerless, it should always be at the powerful. Um, So it was really important to me that my disability never be the punchline. Right. But I think that when you give a disabled person the agency and license to tell their own story, the creator, writer, and star, I think you're going to get the best story possible. Like, duh. You know what I mean? Because I lived it. (laughs) So it was really, really important to me that I create like an accurate representation of being disabled was that was that strange for you though when when you had to audition to play yourself yeah i didn't love that
2: <laughs> <laughs> because 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 you 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 didn't even plan to star in anything i mean you, you you've been a writer for a long time and you were doing really well, and then you had the show, but you didn't plan to star in it
1: yeah no, i'm not a actor i mean i, I 'm a writer, you know what right. I mean, so like it was never my journey to act. But then I, um, when we sold the show, they just kind of assumed that I was gonna play it. And I think they assumed I was an actor, which, lol, I'm not. So half, halfway through, they were like, we, we should like have him screen test to play him. And then, so I did that. And I think that they were really scared. <laughs> but, well, I got it. Like, Valerie Cherish, you know? <laughs> like, I got it. How do, you, how do you audition to be, like, how does someone even give you notes on yourself?
2: You know what, I like that. Right? But you know what I think would be more you is you. Uh, how, yeah. do you, how do you think you would act in this moment? Is is that strange for you being in a show about your life, playing a version of yourself?
1: Do you like, where where's reality and where's the joke? How do you how do you work with that? Uh, yeah, it's a little twisted, sister. I mean, because I'm not an actor, like I'm not like I'm not able to detach. It's not like you know what I mean. Like I feel like every yes. time we would do a scene, you do this emotional scene, and if you're like a trained actor, you can go out of the moment and be like, anyways, here's like this funny meme of a cat wearing a hat and like ha ha, ha. and then you go back into the moment and yes. you're, like focused. I was still like slimed. I was like hanging over here with like residue all over me. Like I was still very much in the moment, and I couldn't. I couldn't separate. So I don't know. I mean, it was just a weird emotional month of filming. <laughs> I, w- I will say some of the moments are brought to life because
2: you don't seem to separate. It doesn't seem like you you detach at any point. One of the moments that really sticks with everyone is, for instance, there is a gay sex scene in the show. Yeah, And it is a gay sex scene that many people have never seen before on TV. And I like that you chose to do that very specifically. Why?
1: Yeah, no one's seen it, but many people have lived it. So I'm just, when that happens, I'm just confused. I'm like, I know plenty of people who have been having anal sex for a long time. Yes. why has it not been, like, been shown in an accurate way? And I really got my goat when I saw Call Me By Your Name, which I really love. But when they panned away to the moon, I was very unsoothed. Right, in the middle of this, like, the the sex scene is about to start, and then all of a sudden the camera just goes like, you you know what happens here. We see him having sex with a peach. Yes. A girl but no actual gay sex. Yes. Like, well, honey, like, I don't understand. Like, one of these things is not like the other, like one who like... Um, so it was really important to me that we really show gay sex in its total honesty, which, you know, is like, it can be awkward, it can be sexy, it can be weird. It's like, it's all the things. And um, it was really, I was like the bodyguard of the sex scene. Like, I didn't want anyone to touch it. Like Right. <laughs> like, I just really, it was important for me that we get it right. And um, that scene was not fun to shoot, I mean, it was really, really difficult to just be on my back for eight hours. Um, But I think we did it. (laughs) You did it. You did it. I I, I think you've made a show that has a lot of heart. It's really
2: funny. It's uncomfortable at moments in the right way. Um, And most importantly, it's a show that I think could easily stick with people for four, five, maybe even six seasons. Oh,
1: six. Now, Netflix. Uh, Hello? (laughs) (laughs) Are their ears ringing? Oh, man. Thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Super funny show.
2: It's currently streaming on Netflix. Ryan Reynolds, everybody. Thank you very much.
1: The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, ears edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11: 10 central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more.